Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. You know, whenever whenever I share, I'm always nervous. And um, But whenever I'm asked to, I always do, because... That's my sponsor told me when I came into the program that I have to do it. And, um, and I know that my favorite meetings have always been speaker meetings because I love to hear other people's story. So I'm just going to plow ahead and um, qualify. First of all, I've been in OA since 1978, um, which some of you weren't even born yet. And um, I've 29 years of abstinence from sugar and binging and maintaining a 90 pound weight loss. Um, I grew up in a stable lower middle class family with loving parents, no abuse or neglect, but distance and no communication. Um, I started being a fat kid when I was about four and started binging when I was in middle school. at one point, the doctor put me on a diet, which meant that I ate little breakfast and inadequate lunch and came home starving from school um, and just started binging. This, this started in, in high school, and I gained a lot of weight at that time. Um, that's how the diet worked. You know, it caused me to overeat and, and gain a lot of weight. Um, there, as a as a, a fat kid, um, there were continual assaults on my self esteem, and as a girl growing up in a entrenched endemic sexism of the fifties, there were continual also continual assaults on my on my self esteem and my ability to develop a healthy sense of self. Um, so that's, that's my basic history. I came into the program, as I say, in 1978, um, learned that there were tools and um, was handed a food plan. Now that food plan was fairly strict um, weight and measured food plan, which I attempted to follow to the best of my ability with mixed success, I will say. Um, but there were some benefits to that, you know. For for one thing, it made me aware for the first time how much I depended on food to fill in the gaps of my life um, all through the day, and to get from breakfast to lunch without eating anything, and then from lunch to dinner was was a challenge, and it just woke me up really to how how much I depended on food, and. Um, the other thing was it gave me a guide for my future food plans. Um, I knew it was a very low carbohydrate plan and that worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but it worked for me. I'm a food, I have a sugar addict and um, I need a low carbohydrate, no sugar, no starch kind of a, of a food plan. So that gave me, that gave me a start. Um, now, um, Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to start with meetings, but I started with the food plan, so that's okay. Um, I learned to surrender 
because I could not, I could not of my own will, I could not follow this plan. And I, I, I tr tried to do the sort of a thing like, I read that in the old days when people had horses and it was time to go home, the horse would take them home without any guidance. So I tried to apply that to my automobile and just have it take me home without stopping, you know, without stopping at the 7-Eleven or whatever. And it, and, it, and it worked, you know, because I could not white knuckle it, but if I managed to let go, um, sometimes I could, I could be abstinent. So, um, it was obvious to me, it was obvious to me that I could not, I could not be abstinent of my own self-will. So I had to, I had to work, I had to work the program. Um, today we don't, we don't hand out food, food plans. OA doesn't, doesn't uh, recommend any particular plan of eating. Um, but what, what I found, and I didn't stay on that plan forever. I, I gradually changed it. My basic guidance was, you know, if you can't eat it in moderation, don't eat it at all. And we have, thank you. And we have, a new, we have a new pamphlet. It's called A New Plan of Eating. And basically, that's what it says. It says, when we identify the foods and food ingredients that cause us to crave more food, we stop eating them. So I recommend this panel to anyone struggling with or confused about their food plan or who have questions about how to develop one. It's really, it combines the old dignity of choice with the plan of eating and focuses on how we can better understand ourselves and what we need to do to, to have a food plan that we can stick with, you know, for the, for the duration. So meetings, I was 12 step to a meeting. Um, I was married to an alcoholic and his favorite bartender 12 stepped me to a meeting. And um, I, I loved the speaker meetings. I loved hearing people talk about how they had eaten the way I ate and didn't have to do it anymore. And who, who could talk about, about what they ate and what they weighed without shame. And that was amazing to me, you know, that people could, could not be ashamed all the time of how they ate or what they weighed. And I loved hearing about the experience people had about how they, how they stopped eating, you know, because I couldn't stop. And I, I used to carry food supplies around in the trunk of my car and binge on it. And meetings, meetings always put me in a different place. I could be feeling really squirrely or really upset or whatever. And I come to a meeting and I would feel more sane. And it gave me a safe place um, from the eating. I might, the food cravings might come back as soon as I left. But for the time of the meeting, I had, I had that freedom. Today, I cherish the openness and honesty and the willingness to share deeply about personal feelings and spiritual experiences um, that are in the meeting. Um, it was when I stopped going to meetings for a while that I, that I had my relapse. Uh, it was a very serious relapse after I'd been about 10 years in the program, which is why the numbers of 
how long I've been in the program and how long I've been absent don't, don't match up. So next, the next tool I wanna to talk about is literature. Um, when I came into the program, um, we didn't have a lot of OA literature. We used the AA literature and um, most of a big book and um, the AA 12, 12 and 12. And um, it's, it's the literature that teaches us how to work the steps. And um, there's this section in the big book that really, that really taught me about step one and powerlessness. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read it. It's in the chapter more about alcoholism, which I recommend to anyone. It says, here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad infinitum. And, and I saw so many parallels with what I did with food to try to, um, to, try to eat my favorite foods without binging <laughs> and, and to stay into control, in other words, and it didn't work. We do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. Step over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Try to drink and stop abruptly. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you are honest with yourself about it. So it may be worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. So that really um, was a big help to me, that passage from the big book. So- Ten, ten minutes, Barbara. Okay, thank you. Um, one of my favorite kinds of meetings was a, a step study meeting. We used the AA 12 and 12, which I still treasure for its directness and simplicity, particularly in step three. And I'm going to read a short passage from step three. I, I love the way um, it's, it's so clear and simple. It says, practicing step three is like the opening of a door which to all appearances is still closed and locked. All we need is a key and the decision to swing the door open. There's only one key and it's called willingness. Once unlocked by willingness, the door opens almost of itself and through it, we shall see a pathway beside which an inscription it reads, this is the way to a faith that works. Maybe this all sounds mysterious and remote, something like Einstein's theory of relativity or a proposition in nuclear physics. It isn't at all. Let's look at how practical it actually is. Every man and woman who has joined AA and intends to stick has without realizing it made a beginning on step three. So there's more, but I'll, in, in interest of time, I'll, I'll stop there with that. So OA now has lots of literature. Um, I, one of my favorite kinds of reading, meetings is a literature meeting. 
And often when I'm reading something, I, I, I feel like I have never read it before when I know perfectly well, I've read it many times. And um, I always get something, something new and pertinent out of the, out of the literature. I'm especially recently enamored of Step 11 in the OA book. So that's all I can say about literature at this time. The next thing I want to talk about, which really helped me a lot in this program, is the telephone. Um, in the early days of the program, I spent hours on the telephone. You know, I tried to I tried to get myself to make a phone call when I wanted to eat, but usually I ended up making the phone call after I ate. But gradually, you know, gradually I can move the timeline up. I talked, you know, about food. I talked about about uh, my life, you know, and there were always people willing to listen and I could help other people who were struggling. Um, I find that making phone calls is a great way to strengthen our meetings. Recently, I was attending a meeting that was dying and I made a bunch of phone calls and a bunch of people showed up at the meeting the next week. And um, it's a great way to help newcomers and it's a real service. Uh, to call newcomers or other people who are, who are struggling in the program. Um, one of the telephone is one of those tools and, and a, a lot of them are like this. They'll help me, they'll help me be abstinent. They'll help me stop eating, but they don't just do that. They transform my life. You know, they add something wonderful to my life. You know, when I'm, we use the telephone, I make, I make friends, I make connections with people, for example. So it's like that. If I take a pill from the doctor, you know, I'm lucky if it, if it cures the thing it's for and it gives me a whole bunch of bad side effects. But if I take one of the tools from OA, it not only works, but it gives me benefits instead of nasty side effects. So I recommend, you know, all of the tools. Am I running out of time now? How much time have I got left? Um, you've got a little more than six minutes. Oh, okay, great. So that's, that's telephone and I've fallen away from using the telephone, I have to admit. And um, I keep trying to remind myself because every time I do it, it just feels good. Um, I have a person um, that I don't see very often, but I, we connect by telephone and we, we do the 10 step together. And uh, we do this little brief thing that some people may already know about. It's called <sighs> gratitude, glitches, good things I did and goals for the day. And um, it's, a, it's a quick and easy way to take stock of where I'm at and, and where I'm headed. And sometimes it brings my head out of, you know, depression or whatever and gets me started on the right foot. So I think writing is the other thing I wanna talk about. Um, we write our fourth step, you know, we may be writing our 10th step. I, writing down our, my, my feelings or keeping a journal has been really helpful in organizing my thoughts, venting my feelings, getting perspective, understanding, you know, where I am and where I'm going and why. And I kept journals for years. I have, I don't know how many, 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 many journals. I, I only do it sporadically now. But what I found was I was wanting to make a fourth step and possibly some amends recently. And I could go back to those journals and I could see, you know, what I needed to make them, you know, what I needed to, to write about, what I needed to make amends about and what I, what I didn't. So it was really helpful. And a lot of times I would write in my journal some little piece of 
some intuition or little piece of wisdom that I had. And then, of course, I would promptly forget it. But I could go back and and see that again and be reminded. So writing writing is a really, really useful tool. Um, and um, that leaves a few other tools, service. You know, there wouldn't be any OA if there weren't service. You know, there's nobody... There's nobody in charge of this. You know, there's nobody, there's nobody that makes it happen. There's no corporation that's getting rich off of this. You know, it happens because we give service. And I know if I give service, I, I show up and um, I feel a part of. And um, it's taught me a, a way of life outside of these rooms. You know, if I, if I wanna, if I wanna belong, if I want, um, to feel good about myself. If I want to make a, a change in the in the world, you know, I have to show up and do service. Uh, you know, just sitting back and complaining um, doesn't doesn't make things happen. So there's that. Now, beyond these tools, and they're all really useful tools, but personally, I'd like to add more two more tools: letting go and gratitude, because. Um, the ability to take a deep breath and set aside my wanting or my worries is an incredible life tool. And I can do it at any time. It doesn't, it doesn't take any equipment. I just need to take a deep breath, you know, and I can let go of all of my regrets about the past or my worries about the future and just, you know, just relax. And the other thing is gratitude because I am so grateful for this program. I can't, you know, I, I can't be, begin to say how it's changed my life or how grateful I am to have it. Um, I know that when I stopped going to meetings for a while, um, I forgot everything I'd learned and I, <laughs> and I, you know, my life turned to, uh, pardon the expression, shit. Um, but um, I am really grateful. And Gratitude lets me let go of things like worry, envy, self-pity, despair, regret, you know, and just be in the present. Um, and in terms of abstinence itself, um, trying to scare myself into being abstinent or shame myself into being abstinent or focus on, on losing the weight or focus on you know, whatever never really helped me. What helped me was to be grateful for the absence that I already had. And that helps me to move ahead. And, and I'd like to end with that because I think that gratitude is like the, the meta tool that, that covers, covers all of it and uh, helps, me, helps me with my life and my recovery. So I'm really grateful for all of you for being here. Thank you.